Jesus. Father, we thank you for Harold and Flo and for their ministries. And we just thank you that um, you have blessed them and you have gifted them. And we just pray that you'll increase and bless the work of their hand. We thank you for the relationship we have with these guys and that we have with IIC. We're asking that you'll strengthen that, you'll build that. And we're asking, Father, for their family, that you will just pour your blessings on them, that for each of the children they'll grow even more in their knowledge and love of you. And for these couple, Father, in their marriage and in their family time, that you will just give them that space just to be together, to know your presence. We pray blessing, Lord, and we ask that your kingdom will come and your plans for Ipswich will come to fruition. Amen. So, Lord, build faith in our hearts as we hear your word. Uh, Speak life to us, we pray. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Okay. God is good. And all the time, it really is a privilege and a joy to be here. And And I mean it sincerely. As you've heard already, this is a true friendship. It's not a cosmetic one. We're not pretending to be friends, actually. (laughs) We are friends. We do get together to pray, to eat. We visit each other in our homes. In fact, last year, we couldn't meet all the... We we tried to meet monthly, but it didn't always work out. And uh, last week... Simon and Kerry were with us. You are blessed in in Burlington, honestly. Simon blew the place apart, seriously. I think people would rather listen to you, Simon. It was amazing. We were so, so encouraged, so blessed. And I think it's going to go in. We'll be talking about it for a long time to come, so... We thank God for that. Now, this morning, I've come with an exciting message. Amen. If I do say amen, forgive me, it's something I say from time to time, so I'm sure you would respond, wouldn't you? Just do it for today. Yes. God is good. God is good. Okay, so today we're looking at Jesus his miracles. Do you mind if we all say that together? Jesus, his miracles. One more time, please. Jesus, his miracles. As you can see, the emphasis is on Jesus. Okay, and Jesus declares his mission. So in Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, Jesus declares the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Then he talks about six things. Number one, to preach the gospel to the poor. Number two, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Number three, to proclaim liberty to the captives. 
Number four, and recovery of sight to the blind. Number five, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. And number six, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And many of you would know that Jesus read this in the synagogue. And he read it in a certain way that everybody knew that this man was carrying something. That he read this from his spirit. He read it from his heart. Because what they didn't realize was that Jesus was about to say, this scripture today is fulfilled in your hearing. I am the fulfillment of this scripture written many years ago. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. And then he talks about his mission statement. I'll come back to this a bit later. And in the third, my third slide, I've summarized what the mission of Jesus is, as we've been told in Acts chapter 10, verse 38. And if you don't mind, I'd like us all to read this out together. So, one, two, three, go, please. How God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all. Who oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. Can I encourage us? We're going to read it one more time. And we're going to read it like we believe it. Is that all right? So we're going to raise the volume a bit. One, two, three, go. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the for God was with him. This is a wow scripture. When I read it again in preparation for this, I just thought, wow. Jesus anointed by the Father with the Holy Spirit and with power. This is the summary. Who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. This scripture will take us weeks to unpack this. It agrees with what Jesus had, read, had said earlier when he read that I have been anointed. The Father has anointed me by the Holy Spirit for, to do six things. And you can summarize the six things in doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Then Jesus says to the disciples in John chapter 20, verse 21. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. 
Maybe you can turn to somebody and say, as the Father has sent Jesus. Let's turn to somebody and say to them, as the Father sent Jesus. He sent us. We'll try it again, please. As the Father has sent you. Sorry, send Jesus. <laughs> You're listening, aren't you? Well done. So, he sent you. We'll do it a bit different this time. Maybe we can stand, please. Tell two or three people. As the Father has sent Jesus, so he has sent you. Amen. As the Father has sent Jesus, so he has sent us, you plural, individually, he has sent us. Now this is the challenge. For me it's a wow scripture. Lord, do we believe this? Lord, do I really believe this? So before I continue, we're just going to say, Holy Spirit, recalibrate my heart to believe. Let's just ask the Holy Spirit. Just Holy Spirit, help our hearts to just believe the truth of your word. So Holy Spirit, I pray for myself that my heart would believe and grasp the truth of your word. And I pray for everyone here. That today, may let there be a shift in our spirits today, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please take your seats for a few seconds. Okay, now we're going we're gonna to go into the meat of the message. That was the, that was the introduction. So, the miracle in Mark chapter 2, verses 1 to 12, which was beautifully read for us. What an amazing miracle. I've read this several times, preached on it a few times. But today, as I was preparing afresh, I felt the Holy Spirit showed me some things. I hadn't quite looked at it like that before. So there are three main things I'd like to point out in the passage. The faith of the four friends. The sickness had a root problem. And that he was healed instantly. Jesus commends the faith of the four friends. Can, wouldn't it be amazing? And as I was praying, I felt to encourage you, Simon, that what you're doing through the missional communities, what you're doing as a church, leaders listening, those of you who are out sowing seeds, believing God for a harvest, the Holy Spirit will encourage you, Simon, and carry that. The season of harvest that you have entered, you've already entered it, is going to grow. And as we read in the scriptures, the Bible says the room, when Jesus entered, he didn't need publicity. People knew Jesus was in town. And the Bible says the place was packed. 
I don't know how big the house was, but wherever Jesus was, it was full, full to overflowing. It was like breathing room only. They broke all the fire and safety regulations. The place was so packed that the paralytic could not be brought in. And the four friends thought, what a great idea. Let's go on top of the roof, open up the roof, and let our friend down. So here I am speaking here. The place is so packed. And then some people go up the roof, and then they let their friend down. So Jesus is ministering somewhere in the middle. And then all you could hear is some banging. And then all of a sudden they can see that somebody is let down. The first thing Jesus says is he commends the faith of the four friends. Our faith can make a difference for somebody else. The place of faith in the miraculous. Now put two things there. It could be more. The sick person. Often when people came to Jesus and healed them, he commended them for their faith. But also on occasions, it's the faith of others. The others who are praying. So it means that in a certain situation, and I don't quite know how it always works. But what I do understand from scripture is that there are situations that your faith is required for your healing or your miracle. Am I making sense? And there are others. As the scripture comments, it was the faith of the friends Jesus saw. So it means our faith as a community can bring healing to others who might not yet have faith. Or may be struggling to have faith. James 5.16 is very clear. As we read, the faith, the prayer of faith, heals the sick. So as we, as a community of believers, grow in our understanding, our faith can make a difference in somebody else's situation. The other thing that blew my mind, very clearly, the Holy Spirit showed me That the sickness, Jesus, the first thing Jesus said to the sick person was, your sins are forgiven. Simon, can you imagine? You've been let down through the roof on a stretcher. Believing Jesus to say, be healed or something. The first thing he says is your sins are are forgiven. If you were in a meeting like that, what would you be thinking? What sin could he have committed? I'll tell you what. When I was a teenager, my friend Gilbert is here. We were in in secondary school together many, many years ago. In one of our scripture union meetings, we had a preacher. And that day, I went forward for prayer. And I was struggling with with some issues, struggling with with some 
lustful desires, and I got myself into some wrong addictions. So, the preacher that day wasn't quiet. I whispered in his ear what, what I was struggling with. But he said it loud. Can you imagine? So here I am. This preacher is praying for me. He says, in the name of Jesus, I command the spirit of lust. I'm thinking, Lord. <laughs> I whispered this to my, I whispered this. But he just went for it. <laughs> so after a few seconds, I realized I better switch off from what everybody else thinks and receive my healing. And when I switched off, I just fell over. When I got up, I was free. So Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. <laughs> wow. But then that caused a stay. Who is he to forgive sins and all that business? But without going down that road, the principle here that I would like us to look at is that Jesus was pointing to the fact that his sickness was related to a sin issue. Now that is not the case for every situation, but it's a principle. That there are root issues sometimes to the symptom that is on the outward. Does that make sense? So sometimes there's an outward issue, but there's a root problem. And until you get to the root problem, if you just deal with the symptoms, the symptoms are likely to come back again. And sometimes, without discernment and knowing exactly what's going on underneath, I've prayed for many people, and sometimes there hasn't been a change until I've prayed and asked for discernment, and I've found out there is something else behind the cause of this. And now, this is not the case for everything. But the Holy Spirit gives discernment in specific situations. And on this occasion, I would say it was a guilt problem. Whatever the person was going through, possibly he did something and he was carrying guilt. And the result of his guilt caused his health to suffer. I don't know for sure. But what I do know is I have read a book written by Yonggi Cho. And in it, there's an account he talks about of somebody who committed adultery and came to him for prayer. And this lady thought God could never forgive her for what she had done. And she had been carrying guilt for years, could not forgive herself. And this had gone on to the point that it affected her health. And she had a terrible condition. She had tried through doctors and had no breakthrough until she was brought to the man of God. And as he began to pray for her, the Holy Spirit revealed to him, there's a problem here. You're carrying guilt. Are you going to accept God's forgiveness and also forgive yourself? She couldn't. She thought her sin was too much. There might be somebody here. And you might think that God has disqualified you. You're disqualified from receiving something from him because of what you might have done. I came to encourage you. Jesus came to set the captives free. Grace is available through Christ. And grace is demonstrated through Jesus as he says, your sin is forgiven. 
Could it be that whatever we might be experiencing or somebody that you know is experiencing might have any of these? There may be more, but I've just listed four. Number one, unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is one of the major hindrances to people receiving their breakthrough. Anybody can relate to what I'm saying? If you're praying for someone, ask the Holy Spirit for discernment. Last week, someone preached very powerfully on forgiveness. And he shared it in a way that we hadn't, I hadn't quite looked at it like that before. Very, very, very powerful indeed. And many people were released because they, they heard truth in a way that they understood and they submitted to God's word and it brought breakthrough in situations. But there are often many times that life's hurts can cause us to be carrying a grudge. And there might be somebody here, somebody hurt you and you can't let go. A few years ago, a lady came to me in the office and she said, you're the, you're the second person in all my life that I'm sharing this with. I was praying with her and I had discernment into a situation and I asked her, are you going to let go? She was abused by her father from the age of four. From the age of four, her father abused her. He would try to drown her in a bath until he got his way. And when she became a teenager, she was strong enough to fight him. And one day, she left the house. And she said to me, when he was, and I left home, I heard later he was dying. And I went to him to, at the hospital. And here he was on the hospital bed. And he said, I looked at him and I said, I hate you. I hate you. And I hope that you burn in hell. And she left. And she said she had no remorse because she was so angry. For what he had done against her. So I was the second. She, had told, she got married later. Had a bit of challenges. But her husband was dead. And she was telling me this. I was the second person she was telling. And as the Holy Spirit revealed some stuff to me. I helped her to see. You've got to let go. You've got to let go. For 60 years. She's been carrying this. There might be someone here. Or you may be hearing this later. Somebody has offended you and you're carrying hurt. One thing I've found, everybody is vulnerable to being hurt. Can anybody relate to that? No wonder in the Mark, Mark 11, Jesus is teaching on faith. He says, you can speak to this mountain, tell it to move, and it shall go. Operating in faith. But then a few verses after that, he says, and when you stand praying, forgive. I thought, Lord, what a connection. If we are going to see the supernatural manifest, one of the major hindrances is unforgiveness. I've known times I've got to battle. I've had nights I can't sleep. Tossing in the bed. Because someone that you've been good to, somebody you've poured your life into, just turned around, stab you in the back, say things about you that are so untrue. It would be good enough if they were bold to come to you. It's worse. They go and tell others. And then you hear it. And you think, Lord, 
What do I do? Tossing in the bed. Can't sleep. Say, Lord, this is unfair. This is not right. Got to deal with this, Lord. The Holy Spirit will say, you got to let go. You got to let go. And there are times you even say, go and say sorry. I say, Lord. <laughs> Have you ever had a situation like that? Where the Holy Spirit has told you to go and say sorry to somebody that has upset you? And you go and say sorry. Maybe they misunderstood something you said. But you knew or you know that you were right. And recently, one of that, something like that happened to me. And when I did it, I was free. Unforgiveness is a major hold. And I found that many Christians haven't always dealt with this. May the Lord help us. I talked about guilt, anxiety, and fear. Stress. No wonder, when Paul writes, he says, do not be anxious. Sometimes when I read the scriptures, you wonder whether the writers, they are as human as we are. How can you not be anxious? Anybody here, you're never anxious. Never. Bothered. Worried. Some people have the gift of worry. They... they if there's nothing to worry about, they have to find something to worry about. But we all face life's pressures. Is that not true? You can be anxious of something, your health. You hear something and it's on your mind, troubling your sleep. You can't eat properly. And there's someone here today, in fact, three people, I believe, the Holy Spirit will touch you today. Set you free from anxiety. Stress. You can't sleep. You can't eat properly. You're tight. May freedom be yours today in Jesus' name. So Jesus said to him, your sins are forgiven. And there's another one, the demonic. And on occasions that Jesus, when he prayed for people, he rebuked the spirit behind the sickness. Because there are occasions that people have a situation that has a demonic oppression attached to it. And until you deal with it, nothing will bring the person into breakthrough. And I've encountered situations like that. When somebody has a demonic oppression, counseling will not deal with it. Praying, intercession, will not deal with it. You've got to address it. Like Jesus said, come out. Leave him. Leave her. Loose her. And let her go. The word of authority to address the spirit that is oppressing the person. And once you address the oppressor, the person is released. And freedom becomes their portion. And then they can start to walk in liberty and enjoy the freedom that Jesus has brought and made available to us. We've made, I've made countless mistakes in this area, but I'm learning to discern what the root of the issue is. So that we can pray accurately, 
deal with the situation and get results. The other thing was Jesus received instant results. Apart from one or two occasions that he prayed more than once, when Jesus said it, bang, it happened. If he said be free, that more, if he touched you, instantly, you're healed. And on this occasion, with all the debates, theological debate that was going on in people's minds, what Jesus was pointing at was that, I, I think my understanding of the scripture is that Jesus was pointing out that this man has a root issue. And Jesus is saying it's more difficult to deal with the root problem than the symptom. Because for him, the root issue was related to sin. The symptom was that he was unwell. He was paralyzed. And Jesus said, the root is the issue. That's what we've got to deal with. And Jesus hit the root. And then he said to the symptom, leave. Take up your mat and walk and go home. Wow. <laughs> Wow. A paralyzed man. Strength came into his bones. He got up. And he went home. Instant miracles. Today, somebody is going to receive an instant miracle. That was a good place to say amen. So I'll say it again. Somebody will receive an instant miracle today. One more time. Somebody will receive an instant miracle today. Amen. Good. Amen says, let it be so. But, you and I know, receiving the miraculous manifesting in our situation, especially in our bodies, or in our soul, were hurt or damaged. It's not always instant. Sometimes it's progressive. It's a process. And many of you can relate to that. Because I know here you pray for the sick, you believe in the miraculous, and God is touching lives. I'm, I'm aware of that. But I came to encourage you that let's also believe God that as we pray for people, let's expect the instant Miracles to break through. Amen? Trust God that as you pray into a situation, we can have instant results when we pray by faith. And faith is where the Holy Spirit wants to quicken in the hearts of all believers. I believe that 100%. I'm convinced of that. That is an area the Holy Spirit is working on on every believer. If we would allow him, he wants to flood our hearts with faith for the miraculous. So going back to the mission of Jesus, Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. What have you been anointed to do? Every Christian has been anointed to do something. 
An anointing is an empowerment. The grace to do the supernatural. To do the things that we cannot do in our natural strength. Every believer has access to this grace. It's available to everyone. But one thing, it's one thing to know it in our head. It's another thing to believe it in our hearts. And then work, work it out as we walk it, this journey. So Jesus is saying, my mission, I've been anointed. You're an engineer. You're anointed to do the work of God. You're a teacher. You're a social worker. You're a care worker. You're in the NHS, either a nurse, a doctor. You're in IT. Whatever you do, you're a, a mother at home. You're a father. Whatever you do, you and I have been anointed. Let's say it together. I have been anointed. Well done. We can do it again. I have been, in fact, let's change the tense. I am anointed. Well done. You know why it's good to say things? Because our heart does not always naturally calibrate it. It's good to say it out. And it's important to say it more than once. For truth to change the lies that often we've believed. Many of us believe things about ourselves that God does not believe about us. Honestly. God thinks you are amazing. He really does. God believes in you. He really does. He thinks you are incredibly awesome. He really does. Many of us are not confident in who we are in Christ. But God thinks the world. He thinks amazing things of us. When you wake up in the morning, he sees you. He thinks you're the most beautiful lady I made. Because you are unique. A man, you, th- you think, with all the weaknesses I have, Jesus says, it's okay. You're the only one of you I have. As, I have, as the Father sent me, so have I sent you. So as Jesus said, I think it's good to discover where you are anointed and say it. And if you're not sure... Say it to yourself. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to be a good whatever. What are you good at? You're anointed to make a difference. For Jesus, he spelled out his mission, but then he said to his disciples, of which we are also disciples and learning to be disciple makers, To preach the gospel to the poor. All of us have the grace to do it in whatever measure. Send me to heal your hands. Your hands and my hands can make a difference. Who is a believer in this place? Wonderful. Your hands are blessed. When you have the opportunity to lay hands... Lay hands in faith. Do we always see results? 
No. But it does not mean nothing is happening. And sometimes we give up too quickly. But the Lord will say to you, Burlington, don't give up. If you pray once and it doesn't change, pray again. If you pray twice and it doesn't change, pray again. If you pray three times and it hasn't worked, keep praying. Maybe we should ask for discernment. Say, Holy Spirit, what's going on here? Open my eyes that I can pray aright. And exercise the authority you have in Christ. Sometimes we're just too gentle. Honestly. When people are oppressed, that should make us mm, something must change. It must wake something in us and say there must be a change. The oppression of the enemy must be broken. The church is described as a bride, a lovely bride, intimate with the bridegroom. Yes. The church is also described as a body with many parts. Yes. But the church is also described as a militant army. All metaphors are correct. So there's a time when we act as the bride, intimate. There's a time when we act as the body, everybody doing their part. But there's a time when the church must be militant, knowing that there's a war on. And when you're in warfare, it's not the time for intimate, intimate. You're not doing husband and wife business on the war, on the war field. Are you honest? There's a place for everything. Are you with me, beloved? But all, it, all metaphors are true. So when we're confronted with the demonic, that is not the time for lovely, dovey stuff. You look at the ministry of Jesus. He had lovely, dovey stuff. But when he confronted the enemy, it was not lovely, dovey. Oh, devil, if you don't mind. Oh, please, 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 please. Oh, she's a beautiful lady. If you don't mind, would you just leave her alone? No. Didn't say that. Because you, the enemy is not your friend. He's not your friend. You say in the name of Jesus. We say in the name of Jesus. He didn't need to say that. <laughs> Leave. Set her free. But we've got to want it for others and for ourselves. There must be an awakening in us to want it so much for Ipswich that there will be a breakthrough. Because many are oppressed, many are held captive by the enemy. But Jesus came to set the captives free. And he says, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. To proclaim liberty to the captive. There's a place where we speak it out. There's a place where we lay hands. There's a place where we actually work it through. To see the captives come into the liberty that is in Christ Jesus. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. How God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit. With the Holy Spirit and with power. I'm going to end with this. Go to my last slide and we're going to pray. What would change... If you and I placed our names 
in this verse. How God anointed Simon of Burlington, Ipswich, with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. You know, in Jesus' time, not everybody in Israel was set free. It was those who came across his path. So those that you are sent to, those that come across your path, those in your missional community, those that you are reaching, you've got an anointing to reach them. That's what he's saying to us. So we're going to do this together. We're going to put our name in this scripture. How God anointed, and you put your name there, with the Holy Spirit and with power. You say, but I don't believe that. Yeah, that's, that's the beginning. You keep saying it and the heart starts recalibrating it. Are you with me? Who went about doing good. We have capacity to do good. I know you do things. We're all, we're all in the business of doing good. And healing. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit. The presence of the Holy Spirit is here. How God anointed that you put your name there. So if you don't mind, we're going to do it together. We'll, we'll start off with it sitting. It's up, it's, it's up on the screen. So please just don't do it because I'm asking you to do it. You're not obliged, honestly. Don't feel forced to do this. Do it only if you want to. Because this is a spiritual thing. We're going to say it in faith. How God anointed. Put your name there. Let's just say Ipswich. So one, two, three, go, please. If you would like to, let's say it as if we believe it. We'll do it first sitting, and we'll do it standing, and we'll see where the Holy Spirit takes us from there. One, two, three, go. How God anointed. Okay. 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 Let's go back. Let's go back. You see, our confidence, our conf- we don't actually believe this, so we're going to do it again. How God, I just didn't want to mention my name in the microphone because I didn't want to overpower everybody. We're going to do it again. How God anointed Katie. Are you with me? So let's do it again. One, two, three, go. How God anointed, mention your name. Spirit. May this settle. We're going to do it standing, please. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. One, two, three, go, please. Let's lift up our voices and say it together. How God anointed. For the last time, please. One, two, three, go. 
how God anointed. Wow. Wow. Holy Spirit, I pray. Let faith arise in our hearts. There are many people's destinies that are waiting for a church that will wake up into her God-given destiny. There are many who are counting on your faith and my faith. There are many who would come on into the kingdom like the paralyzed friend's friends. They will only come to encounter Christ when their faith brings them into the presence of Jesus. If you're here this morning, what, is, what should our response be as I round up? To keep our eyes on Jesus, to continue being filled with the Holy Spirit, to step out in faith, and to receive your miracle. So today, I'd like to encourage you, if you have a need, Emotionally or physically. I like to add my faith to your faith. I believe God today there will be some instant miracles. And some, what the Lord has already begun, because you get prayed for here, it will be, it will be encouraged further as we stand in faith together. It doesn't matter, even if it's been a long-standing issue, let's trust God. Let's trust God together. So if you don't mind, as the worship team just plays something gently. If you'd like me to pray with you, even if it's one person, it's fine. Yes, Lord, thank you. You've got hearing issues? Let's trust God today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Somebody with a back, back situation? Yes, let's trust God. Let's trust God for that today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes, some, you've got some, something to do with your right eye. Let's trust the Holy Spirit. Yes, as I say these things, if it relates to you, please come forward. Please, if it relates to you, let's just trust God today. For Thank you, Lord. Is there anybody here you had, maybe you had an accident recently with your, your, right, your, your right wrist? Your right wrist. Let's just trust God for that situation. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And somebody, you've got something wrong with your bowels. There's something in your bowels that's... You're concerned about a health, health concern in the, in, the, in the area of your bowels. Let's just trust God for healing. So any of those things that I've mentioned already, but it could be anything else. If you'd like me to pray with you, um, just come forward and I'll add my faith to yours. And let's see what the Lord will do. Thank you. If you place